Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Welcome to season three, episode seven of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. And with us, as always, I'll say hello to Mr. Stephen Watt. How are you, Stephen? All right. I'm broad, John. Thank you very much. It's um, feeling a bit summery out now and loving it. Yeah, it's certainly been a wee bit toasty recently, which again, we've spoken about this recently about Dinny fret about your times if you're a wee bit slower because of this running in the heat. I'm taking great uh, grace with that. I'm loving that. So that's all good. But we've got a big weekend of running coming up, haven't we? We have. We've got things are happening around the globe, around the world. Yeah, that peak our interest definitely, and, and should but, peak yours. Yeah, and hopefully, if you're not aware of already, we're going to plant a couple of seeds tonight about, um, or in this episode, I should say, about some of the things that interest Stephen and I. Oh, what might that be? You may yeah. ask, dear listeners. <laughs> but you know what? First of all, before we go there, I would like to say a very well done to every single person that took part in the virtual West Highland Way race, because that's now over. Um, quite a challenge again for some people, or for everybody, but I know some people find it really hard, it really ups their mileage that they would not necessarily do every single week. How was your week of running, Stephen? Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. Of course, you and I had a good catapult into the 95 miles with the River Tay Way. That's right, day yeah. Out. So that was the first day of it, and that got us up near 52 miles worth. So, yeah, but but still, it's it's no mean feat. You've got, you think it's nine days, isn't it? Yeah, nine and a half days, yeah. But it really just feels like a week, you know, it's like, and, and it's a fair distance in nine, nine days. So, Aye. like you, John, it's, it's a big achievement for anybody who completed it, and well done for getting involved and supporting the race you know during these weird years i hopefully next year i think we said this last year though hopefully next year we'll get more of a a full race calendar and the west highland way race will certainly um natural order could be assumed and it can assume its position at the top of the tree for scottish ultra marathons so oh i thought you were um, on about football for a second there <laughs> no 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 um and also um, the Connick Canter was open as well. I've signed up or put my name in that, throw my, my hat in the ring for oh. the Connick Canter. We'll wait and see what happens. So that happens on the 11th of September. Um, so that'll be good as well. Hope um, in, John, because that'll be a that'll be some podcast material. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, so that's good. And you know what? We're only four, maybe four weeks this weekend away for the lakes four weeks on Saturday until we meet the lakes. So we get battered right into Lakeland 50. That's why I'm, weather it. Aye, I'm now officially shitting myself. Uh, oh, I, I could kind of tell that by the look in your face when we, <laughs> we got together on this video call. So you've got that wee, wee sort of shite yourself look about you. I might, I might need a wee bit of uh, coaching sort of slash therapy about this because honestly it's just consuming every second of my week <laughs> i'm gonna get back to my work i'm on holiday i've got Aye. too much time to think about stuff that's my problem i know putting tents up in the back garden and things i see you <laughs> <laughs> that was a good experiment that was a good and experiment. you're looking you're looking well tanned you've been away somewhere i was 
we were away in Tyree for a week and we had, they called seemingly, I never knew this, they called Tyree the Hawaii, Hawaii of Scotland. Um, and it was certainly felt like that last week, the fantastic week of weather. So, yeah. Um, has it whetted your appetite for a bit of Tyree Ultra action? Well, that email has been sent inquiring about the date for 2022, um, but there's no clarification yet. But that okay. should hopefully be in September next year. But yeah, I, I, as um, the question has been muted to Susan, and there was no resistance thus far about uh, going across the water to have a go at the Tyree Ultra. And I, I think I've spoke to a couple of people on social media that have actually given it a go. So good to have people they can tap into and speak to. But it's, it's a very Sorry, when you go. It's always, it's always good to get over that first hurdle of the business case of entering an ultramarathon, which is permission of the other half. <laughs> Definitely. Well, we're going for a we'll go for a week's holiday, so it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a win-win. Now, so later on in this episode, we are going to speak a wee bit of a different slant on away from our serious look at running. Yeah. Although there will be serious stuff to speak about as well. But we're going to chat with uh, Sam Miller. And recently Sam took part in, we'll see what happens when we speak to him. Sam took, Sam took part in the Strathairn Marathon. And the day before, or maybe it was the day of the Strathairn Marathon, he put a post out on social media to say, Couch to 5k. What about Couch to Marathon? So we're going to speak to Sam and find out about his experience. But we'll be doing that very very shortly ah, in um, five minutes or so yeah but first of all i want to put four letters to you stephen w s e r what does that mean to you that's my personalized number plate <laughs> right. as well as that it, it means it evokes excitement yeah um, i hear cowbells ringing i hear yeah. i hear yanks shouting at aid stations i see head torches and I see the golden hour. Oh yes, the Western a, States Endurance Run. Brilliant. It is happening this Saturday. Mm. And that's got our juices flowing. Definitely. And it's also happening like never before, isn't it, with regards to coverage? Yeah, it's going to be live on a YouTube channel that they've created, Western States. I've got a YouTube channel and they have also created an app so that you can track your runners. There's, I think there's 320 on the start line, including some, it's a stacked field, as they say. Mm, I say stacked, stacked full of all the top North American runners. No so much the Europeans because of travel restrictions and stuff That's like right. that. So, um, but you know, you you scan down the, the entry list, and there's there's some of the top talent in the world in there. Um, and the one that catches my eye is the one British entrant in the women's race is Beth Pascal. Who I mean, yeah. we taught her quite a lot in that time that we ran around the Inchware in Perth. Do you know? So <laughs> she's she's learned from the best, the lassie. Definitely. And she's probably good. She, she, yeah, I, I feel she's good to go. I think she's one of the favourites. Yeah, and she's done. If you, if you follow Beth on her, her social media, she's had the best build up to this race. I think that she could have had. Everything sort of went. All the stars have sort of aligned. They've still got to align a wee bit more, obviously. 
yeah. for this weekend, for this weekend for her. But she's had an absolutely brilliant year, done some great training. She's looking in great shape. Oh, yeah. I, I just hope this is her weekend. She's she's also made some huge sacrifices to to be there in that shape. You know, in terms. Oh of yeah. Her, her you know, changing her lifestyle and just you know this is also just going to be the pinnacle of her training um on on saturday so yeah we've got we're right behind our um what we would be because can we be in front of one <laughs> yeah we'll be watching that one keenly but it starts in squaw valley which is winter ski resort in the nevadas i think in yeah. california and finishes in a, a a running track in a place called auburn um, which is towards san francisco um, and it's 100 miles there's tons and tons of stuff on YouTube about it, and you can get lost for not just a night, but a couple of nights, just um, mm. j- just in a, a Western states. I don't know. You'll get hooked. It's got a great history. It's an absolute brilliant history. But I'll tell you, once again, the person that pricked my interest with Western states was Mr. Paul Giblin, because he's been over and run. He's been over and run a few times, he's and I, I, well. I watch these videos frequently. This is my sort of go to, shall we say, Western States. I absolutely love I love watching these films. And I've noticed that every time that Paul Giblin is on the start line at Western States, he's in exactly the same place in the line in the lineup. And I I would love to know. I'd love to hear from him. Does he pick that spot? Does he feel drawn to it? You know, yeah. maybe it is superstition, but I would love to uh, so we must tag him in this and maybe we can pose that question to him. So, ah yeah, yeah. When he makes his inevitable appearance on Young Hearts Run Free, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so awesome. yeah, yeah, you know, I I don't think we could do it justice. But what we're trying to do here is plant the seed for people about Western states. It's yeah. on this weekend. Go and have a look at the app. We can maybe put a link to the app in the the show notes as well. Um, so that's on this weekend. But also happening this weekend. Is a wee bit of dot, a wee bit of dot watching closer to home, isn't there, Stephen? There is. There is a dot watching opportunity that um, you'll probably not be aware of, but actually the dot is already moving by the time that this podcast episode will be issued, because this morning, um, or I should say Friday morning, twenty fifth of June, <laughs> we have a previous guest of on the show. David Wallace, who was actually appeared back in season one, episode six, when he did a crazy Everest challenge on his local hill because of lockdown, he had to do it on his local hill. Go back, listen to, to David in episode six. But this weekend, he is trying an attempt at the a double Ramsey round. Madness. Yeah. Even I'm saying it's madness. But, you know, I, I take on and you take on, we take on all sorts of crazy stuff. But this is phenomenal. Do you want to explain a wee bit more about what the Ramsey Round is, Stephen? Yeah, so the Ramsey Round is a round of Munro's in um, up Fort William. Um, and it was Charlie Ramsey. He invented it. I was going to say invented. That's maybe the wrong word. The founder um, of, of yeah, he was a Yeah, he was the founder, yeah. yeah. You've heard the things like the, the Paddy Buckley and, and so on. So this Bob is the... Graham. The Bob Graham. This is a Scottish version of that. This is the Charlie Ramsey round, yeah. Yeah, and it is a circuit of is it 58 miles, takes in 24 summits, I think, 
is it 23 Munros? And there's one. 20, would, 23 Munros, yeah. Yeah, 23 Munros. It has a elevation per circuit of just under, well, 28,500 feet. David is doing it twice, so he is, is boomeranging, as I call it, boomeranging the, the, the round. So he's doing it one way, finishing on Ben Nevis, and you start and finish at the youth hostel in Glen Nevis, and then he's mm-hmm. going and doing it, retracing the steps and going back again. So he's finishing his first round on Ben Nevis, and then starting with Ben Nevis on his second round back finishing at the youth hostel sometime later um, so you're talking 116 miles you're talking just under 60,000 feet of climb you're also talking a very 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 select few people who have ever achieved it and we're expecting Ali Bevan to be all over this this weekend yeah we yeah this be... is Ali Bevan territory oh sure. without a doubt this is the sort of stuff that Ali lives and breathes and gets excited about so it's great and we wish Dave all the very very best he's also yep. raising funds for some very important charities as well that we can post links to in the show notes as well but first and foremost we wanted to make you aware that it's happening it is um, yeah and I'd just say what we are going to do is we are going to post some links up for David on our social channels on our Twitter and Instagram feeds so that you can get involved in the dot watching and we'll try and do some updates as he progresses around that pretty epic feat which he's attempting mm-hmm. he's attempting to do it in under 48 hours so two rounds at sub 24 hours um, finishing sometime on Sunday morning mm-hmm. yeah so if you can It'd be much appreciated. We, it's, I don't know if people get it. But hopefully, they do get how much it means. These wee messages of support that you see on social media, it really means a lot. And if we get it on social media, we can relay that stuff back to Dave's or David, yeah. I should say, his his team, and yeah. they can pass on these messages. And it really, really means a lot. See when you, I know. See when I was flagging, and there was a lot of flagging for me. When we did the River Tayway, it mm-hmm. meant so much hearing these these messages of support. So please get involved and uh, send the Young Hearts Run Free vibes to yeah. David as he takes on this magnificent feat. As it's phenomenal, it's phenomenal. Uh, so you, uh, you can follow him on Strava as well. And if you do, go and have a look at what his training regime's been since the turn of the year because he's mm. been absolutely thrashing the training and his elevation gain is just yeah. You'll, you'll sort of need a couple of takes to understand just how much effort he's put into this. So good luck to David. Aye, and he, he he doesn't really blow his own trumpet, so we're 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 getting a blow for him. Let's we are indeed. Way. We are. We'll do that. Okay. So will we move on and get salmon. Yeah, we will. We will. Um. So as we said, um, the next wee bit is going to be Stephen and I's conversation with Mr. Sam Miller, Mr. Dogger Saint. He's going to come on and have a wee bit of crack about his uh, Strathairn Marathon. And can what? There'll be loads more than that. So let's oh, get him in. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Welcome to the Young Hearts Run Free Podcast, Sam. Bloody delighted to be here. How you doing, fellas? She's okay. We are good. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you for making the time in your busy schedule to slot us in. Not an issue. Happy to happy to chat to you guys. Love the show. We're looking at a little bit of um, glum the day after last night's Scotland result, but we'll not let that dampen our mood too much. We will move on swiftly, I feel. 
Exactly <laughs> that. Exactly <laughs> that. Um, so, yeah, we are here to catch up with you mostly about your recent-ish um, marathon attempt at Strathern, which was quite significant for many reasons. One was that it was the first real road marathon back after the COVID times. Uh, yeah. That was one of the things. But other significant reasons that we'll touch on throughout our wee chat, if that's mm, okay. Of course. Yeah. So maybe just to get us started a little bit more about Sam and your running background, shall we say. When, when did you start running? It was, I joined RAF in 2010 and I had to lose weight and lose it quickly. Um, my family background, my genes were not, I wasn't blessed with great genes to be fair. 38 inch jeans to be fair. <laughs> Beat you two with that one. Um, so I just basically jumped on a treadmill and just ran. And I realized that I, I like quite like running. So I then went out in the streets, realized I didn't have much pace, but I could go on and on and on. So yeah. I kind of, I didn't even do a 10K or a half marathon. As you as you kind of know me a bit, Steve, I just went straight in to do a marathon. Yeah. Um, so 2012, I signed up into the Liverpool Marathon, which is now defunct. I think there was maybe only one or two at the time, but it was great. Um, started in Birkenhead and it went underneath the Mersey Tunnel into the centre of Liverpool. It was great. And that was my first marathon. I've done 17 since and four unofficial ones, which involved laps of the inch up around Octorada. Um, running from Octorada to Bridge of Allen, stuff like that. Um, so 17 official, four unofficial, technically. So, so. wait a minute, if we're going to be titling this podcast How Not to Run a Marathon, maybe we should have got somebody a bit more greener in the gills than somebody <laughs> has done all that. That sort of stuff. I also, I also, Sam, I never knew there was a Liverpool Marathon. I've never heard of that. No, um, it was a one-off. Um, I think the council didn't like it and it was they put up their, kind of, their barriers for it because they had to close down all the city centre. But there was about 10,000 runners, and it was great. There was, like, steel bands everywhere. It was really well supported. Um, took you through, kind of, by the cent- um, lot of the sights and sounds of Liverpool. So it was great. It really was good, and it was my first one. But which I'll touch on later on about, um, like, advice for marathon runners. How not, like, I set myself a target of four hours, my first marathon, and I got four hours, 39 seconds, and I was gutted devastated and it was my first marathon my wife was down with me saying you should be absolutely chuffed for your first marathon you should just be happy to complete it so i'll always say that don't go for a time for your first one because like you say four hours and 39 seconds is a great time but there was still that wee nickel and bit of disappointment at the end of it yeah yeah i was going to say that when you from your introduction it sounds like your family's genetics and mine are similar so if you're doing four hours and 39 seconds, then maybe, maybe no, maybe mines are a wee bit slower than that. But no, you know what? Yeah. What is your marathon PB? I think I'm four hours, two minutes, I think. Something like that. So, you know what? Four, sub four is still in my sights. It will, I'm otherwise engaged at present with other stuff, but I will come back to that. Um, Seville. Aye. What a day, what a day. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, this is the we're here to talk about Sam. Was yeah. there no like a, a rock and roll Liverpool marathon or something? Like, there was, that kind of replaced it. They were kind of, there's a rock and roll one in Barcelona as well. I think yeah, there's yeah. a few around about, they're kind of like a like a franchise oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but that had nothing to do with it. This was run by just a, I think it was the same orbit ran, runs the Manchester marathon. Right. But they just, they, was, they were just, it was just, they weren't getting any help from Liverpool Council about it. Yeah. So they just kind of pulled the plug on it more 
effort needed and reward. It's a, it's a shame too because the the big city marathons they they, they use them to go into the landmarks and there's plenty of them in Liverpool. Isn't yeah, it, was, it was, finished under the Liber building underneath the. Um, that's what it finished basically. So oh, it, was, yeah. it was great. Oh. It was and it filtered into kind of the Beatles Museum and that neck of the woods down the waterfront. So um, yeah. it was great, but it was a shame that it was kind of a one-off. You're four hours thirty-nine minutes. Can you tell us if you you've been able to better that? Seconds. Four hours. Seconds. Four hours flat. Thirty-nine seconds. Oh, that's what I meant to say. I did just the one came out all wrong. Four <laughs> hours. Different. Thirty-nine seconds. Yeah, it did measure a marathon this one, unlike their other one in Manchester, yeah. Which I did as well, which yeah. is uh, which is quite a short fun. one. Yeah, was it 26, was it 25.98 or something like that? It was well under, wasn't it? What a PB set that day. Got, my brother got under, he got 3.59 and it declared null and void. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, it was just hilarious because um, get it right up him. So, <laughs> <laughs> brother of love. That's it. So yeah, your your PB sits at what now? Three, unofficially three forty nine fifty nine. Officially three fifty four twenty nine. Um, and that was in the Larnaca Marathon in Cyprus. Larnaca. What, what year was that? That was, was two thousand and fifteen. So I'm just I, I'm just trying to think about that. So that's a three year difference between Liverpool and Larnaca. Yeah. But I'm assuming Larnaca would be a wee bit more toasty, no? Well, it started at six in the morning. Um, you kind of, and it's all on the beachfront, so you basically just run out 13 miles, about turn and run back, and it, it's flat. It's it's actually a really good one. Like I say, cause it's it's in February as well, so it's not overly hot. Right. It, it's still nice by by the time you're finished at midday. Um, it's still kicking in at about 10 a.m. It's still about I don't know about 17, 18 degrees, so it's still still warm enough. Definitely. Cool. But so both your official and unofficial times are, are both 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 great progress. To knock six minutes off in three years <laughs> is quite something. That'll be because of your hard training and endeavour, I'm sure. <laughs> Being based well, I was the Cypress Marathon was be, be, background series. So I was in the RAF based in Cyprus, just five minutes outside Ayanapa. So get, tra- training wasn't always the easiest thing to do during the summer months. One, it was too hot to run outside, so you're stuck on a treadmill, which I think had its benefits because it paced me. Um, because I was I was basically just like muscle memory for that one. Um, I just did my, all my training on a treadmill for it, which is soul destroying, but. When mm. I was outside doing it, um, it was fine. I just it was the only marathon where I think there was only ten seconds difference between every single mile, like massive gap either way. That's so, good. and that's the only time I've ever even got close to doing that. Usually, I'm way faster at the blocks and I, I die in my my arse by the end. But um, so that there was one benefit of that. But if I could take it more seriously, I think I could probably push on and do a bit better. But what's actually taking it seriously, Sam? Uh, beer, uh, I think John is the is the, is the main reason. <laughs> um, people say, "Oh, you're a runner, Sam." I'm like, "I'm not a, a run, but I wouldn't call myself a runner." Um, I, I like the I like lager, I like food, so Ooh. I do the running so I can do that. Um, I wouldn't like to see what I would really like if I didn't do it because <laughs> pff, it'd be bad news. Yeah. But um, well, have, Stephen can probably Stephen can probably join the party as well. We all run because we like our grub, don't we? You know, certainly a, a motivator. Yep, and it was a big motivator for me to 
get into running that Aye. balance in the scales of good living versus bad living it is yeah. and it's, it's good for mental health and I, I say that for a man with experience um I, nothing i love if i've not been running for a week or so my wife will literally throw me in my trainers at me and tell me to go out and run here's your earphones go out and say just go for an hour just go for a plod just listen to music chill out unwind that can't speak highly enough of that fact as well that it does you so many benefits you don't even i never even realize it until she mentioned it to me so you've not been for a running for five six days and i'm getting grouchy without even realizing so a bit of fresh air a wee plod and kind of gets you on terra firma again yeah that's a really good point and it's something that's come up time and time again both for john and i personally and for guests who have been on mm. it's just the exact thing just for the mind space and mm-hmm. yeah bit of me time or whatever you want to call it um or listening to Young Hearts Run Free podcast. Type. Obviously, that's why I do it. Any other good podcasts that you might know. Yeah. See, I just need to think about this as well. I, I always remember back to one of my favourite drinks was a can of Stella. Just, what, just when you're finished running, right? Before just, they made it weak. Was it like proper old school Stella? Uh, the real stuff. The real Aye. stuff. Aye. And it just never touched the sides, man. You know what I mean? What's your favourite go-to after finishing something? Well, at the end of the Strathairn Marathon, every like they came, you gave you a wee goodie bag which had kind of pastries, a banana, and a bottle of water. My wife brought me a foot-long meatball marinara from Subway, <laughs> a two tins of tenants lager, and a packet of fags. Not ideal, <laughs> but I, I feel it was just deserved. To be fair, like because you, you've done the graft and basically going into the backstory of that marathon, and well, you like you said how not to run a marathon. We'll, we'll probably get to. The kind of the before aspect of it we will we will just before we get on to that you've done 17 organized marathons by the sound of it what's your favorite what was your favorite manchester um by a mile 26.2 yeah Uh, i've done london istanbul barcelona um but yeah manchester it's just it's a nice flat course the support is brilliant. Again, you get to start and finish at Old Trafford, um, and it's supported the whole way around. Like I said, London's spectacular. It really is. It's, it's it's some event, and I would advise anybody to do it. But I'd always recommend Manchester first. Um, Barcelona would probably be second. Um, again, for the the start, it's the only time I've, I've been at starting pistol where I've had um, the hairs of my arms standing just with the goosebumps because they're playing Barcelona the Freddie Mercury song there's confetti cannons going off the whole time um, and you're going off in waves and they do it for every single wave and it just feels like you're you're part of something really special so I'd recommend yeah. the Barcelona one Brilliant, okay so turning our attention to something more recent in Hampden Strathairn what was that, three Sundays ago? Yeah, must be Start of June and yeah it was a a warm day in Perthshire, a rare warm day. No, I shouldn't say that. It's been a really nice month. But the build up to that marathon, can you kind of enlighten us to how he, you decided to do it and what your <laughs> yeah, schedule was like? Like, strangely enough, now it's more of a tradition. Since 2012, my first one, I've done at least a marathon every single year, one way or another. Uh-huh. Um, it started off just by chance, but then I was like, no, I'll need to do one. So I do one every year. So I signed up for one last year, um, the Shatter Marathon, and Obviously, the email came out saying it's going to be cancelled. Um, you can um, divert into this year if you want, which I obviously did <clears throat> without realising. Um, <laughs> so I got I got a text from a friend about three weeks before the um, before the start saying, "How's the training going?" I went, "Yeah, fine. Yeah, for for, for what I said, what 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 group are you in to start with?" 
and I, I went, Fraser, I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, well, you're doing the Strathair Marathon, you're in the starting list. And I went, ah, so I went to my junk mail and my emails and, and there it was. I was I was in, I mean, with no training under my belt whatsoever. Being my background, my painter and decorator, and with lockdown restrictions being lifted, I've never been so busy. So the running's kind of taken a little back seat because I've been working every hour under the sun. So I hadn't been doing much running, if at all. But knowing me, I'm, I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> um, so with zero training, I thought, I've got three weeks. So I did two four-mile runs, uh, and that was it going into it. Um, I, I, I tell a lie, I'd done the, well, I attempted the pile on exposure off the back as well, um, which I got to about 20-odd miles, and then it, it, my, my head just went. So I did, I think, the first five or six exposures, and then I wish I stuck it out. I might have been able to do it, but where I was fitness levels, um, I wasn't there. But that's all I had in my legs. I had about 20 miles in my legs for the whole thing. So going into it, um, yeah, I was well underprepared, well underprepared, which I'd never, never recommend. Underprepared physically, but also knowing of what was ahead in terms of quite a high mental resilience threshold by the sound of things you know it, doing it before um i've done the strathern before as part of a challenge i did a few years ago which was 10 marathons in 10 months uh-huh. um and that was the ones that kind of took in london Istanbul, barcelona things like that and I, I knew the course and i think what i'd done was i kind of the biggest advice i could have given myself for that one was course management um how to deal with the course the first six miles that i know of the strathern marathon are all uphill Yep. And there's people tearing off and I walked it. Basically starting block, I just walked. I walked the first six miles of it. Um, which felt really, really unnatural. And because they were going off in waves and the second wave came out and they all overtook me. But by after the six mile point we all went downhill, I just went into my normal pace. And then I just obviously started catching up with people again as they got kind of buggered by the, the first hill. So course management was definitely if I if I ran the first six miles, I wouldn't have finished it. Right. I wouldn't have had it in the legs. So the first thing I'll just, I say, I was, I say I walked, I was kind of walk jog. Yeah, yeah. And if, I mean, you say that you're almost knowing that you've got that 20 miles that you did during exposure, which is no mean feat. So then you know, that that's, that's to, to do that off the back of no training. But you're running that first six miles to the start of a 20 mile run. Yeah. Which, you know, that's maybe how you've processed it. I'm just, I just think get, just get over this hill that is it I know where it ended I know I've, I've driven the course as well I, I did that as part of my preparation go for a run done. I'll just drive the course so I know what to, I know what to look for which uh, it'd be nice in London um, taking oh, all yeah. the sights and sounds over London Bridge and stuff like that not, not really in the Perthshire countryside but it was lovely views um, but no get over that and just basically dig in I dug into about 18, 19 miles and then I kind of blew up but I, I knew I would do because I hadn't done enough training for it. But knowing, I think, well, you came out and supported and I seen you at about 13 miles. I basically just kind of walked, had a chat with folk. It's just kind of, I know it's going to be difficult, but the last thing I'd, I'd ever want to do as a marathon is go out there and hate it. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to chat to people and enjoy it. There's no point going out there, going to kill yourself for, a, it's not a PB course. Well, it might be for no. some, but it's a very difficult course to get a PB on. No, it's so, Fifteen, sixteen hundred foot of climb on it, and you're right, it's it's spectacular in terms of the countryside. And I've ran it, and there's times where you're running it, and there's you can't see anybody around you, nobody yeah. in front of you, nobody behind you, nobody cheering you on because it's it's rural. And to all intents and purposes, you're like, am I actually on the right course here? Am I running? Am I running an event? Yeah. Um, 
it's like that and it's great. Um, yeah. I always take a lot of these open road ones and there was a lot of traffic actually. I always take a little Bluetooth speaker because I always run with music. So when I can, I take a little Bluetooth speaker and just kind of pop it in my, my waistband. So there's a lot of uh, odd looks when people are looking at me here in Wigfield Saturday night coming out of my boxers, which was a <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on here don't blame I was me just going to, i was just going to ask what's your go-to type of music but maybe it's a bit random oh maybe it's maybe from, it's a bit random from a1 to zz top you name it and everything in between um I'll, I'll listen to i'll listen to, I'll, I'll literally put it on a shuffle and i can lo- it's, listen it's like the, the modern day equivalent of running along with a ghetto blaster on your shoulder you know <laughs> that's that? it yeah. <laughs> you, you see them yeah um but modern technology has helped me out for that one to be fair I think too. I've got a couple of things to say about that. I think it, it's you mentioned about course management. I think it's also about mindset management, and it's about you've also been very sensible. I think going in there. I also love the fact you went out and drove the course. Going about like Lewis Hamilton in <laughs> your recce. Absolutely brilliant. I love that. I love that. But I, I do think as well it's maybe down to your past experience and what you've accumulated through the years that you know you can run 26.2 miles oh sorry you know you can complete 26.2 miles yeah and to and to be able to do that you were quite comfortable with doing that walk jog thing at the start that's mm-hmm. to me that's sensible that's yeah. sensible especially when you've not read your emails and didn't even ken you were doing it three weeks before <laughs> I'm glad it was three weeks and not a couple of days. Then I might have been, I wouldn't have got my driving and the, the whole thing would have been knackered. But weirdly, weirdly, even if it had been two days before that you picked up the email, your likelihood is that you would have still have done it, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the kind of the challenges I always set. Um, it's kind of standard me, like these running distances challenge. There was one with the uh, five star active, it was like run 100 miles in a month he had an option through 25 50 or 100 and i said my wife said have you signed up for that i went yep she went i bet you did 100 didn't you and i went yep so I'll, <laughs> she went typical sam that's kind of thing you do in yeah, the lake the lakeland one as well which was uh, yeah the 150 and the lakeland 100 in a week one which was and that was with a full week's work as well so and that was basically <laughs> and no training before <laughs> and no training no yeah um advice is don't train just tra- it'll make your life a whole lot easier and less miserable. It really will. But running 15 miles to your work and then running 50 miles home every day, Monday to Friday, is not advisable. <laughs> it was proper grim. So you, you spoke about things getting grim as well around about 18, 19 miles. Yeah. And that's kind of knowing the course where it kind of starts heading back to Comrie. Mm-hmm. It's quite bumpy and, and stuff and you get into Com- Comrie itself. W- was it just a case of getting it done and dusted and getting to the finish line. It was. I was still quite, bizarrely enough, the first marathon I've probably done in a long time where I didn't cramp once on it. Usually I'll get a wee twinge in the calf or something, but I didn't. I don't know whether that's down to feeling, um, down to stretching, which I've kind of been a bit more sensible with in my, my older years. Um, but I bumped into a few people who were, were struggling. One of the guys, you know, John, um, he was really struggling. So I said, right, we'll get you in. And okay. he was, I bumped into him at 21 miles and like I said, I, I want to get under four hours, 40 or something. I was like, forget it. Just get in regardless. Just, it's his first marathon and he's injured. Just, I'll make sure I'm getting him in. So we walked jogs and right, we'll run to this lamppost next. And that keeps me going as well. So something to speak to like a kind of purpose. I've done it before in marathons where I'm struggling, but if I can help somebody else finish, then that's where I get my kind of, yeah, my thrill from. Purloining some 
power yeah. from that. Yep. Yeah, I think as well when we're doing that, when we're helping somebody else, we're also moving forward at the same time. But our focus That's is it. shifted, isn't it? Aye. Yeah. It's good. It's a good. Uh, aye. It's brilliant. So if, you, if you say run to that road sign, like I could do it in my own head, but if I'm with somebody, then it's a. And if he's still going, I'm thinking I'm struggling here. I'm, I'm still going to get to that road sign, even if I've kind of shot the target a bit too big. But it's it's just a. It just keeps us going. Brilliant. Yeah. So you crossed the finish line. Yes. Like it. Yeah. And what was your finish time? It was 4.40, I think it was 4.45 me and John got over, which by no stretch my slowest time because um, I wasn't in fancy dress for, for one this time. I say fancy dress, military uniform isn't fancy dress. Um, yeah, but that, yeah, that was, yeah. that yeah, was nasty. Tell us a bit more about, about that. What um, you doing? It was the first kind of, kind of marathon running challenge I did. So I was doing four marathons. One was, no, there was two in Cyprus, the Paphos and Larnaca. Then it was Manchester and then it was Edinburgh to finish. And I was going to do the last one in full military kit. So, which was like a bag carrying, 40, I think it was 40 or 50 kilograms, boots, trousers. They feel they feel bifter. Um, but that kind of, it was the week, the Sunday of that Edinburgh marathon. I think it was a Wednesday, the Lee Rigby incident happened in London. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the the army lad. And so I was advised, do not go out wearing military uniform. And it, but then I've kind of phoned my boss. And he was like, yeah, go for it. I chose kind of solidarity support. And, that. and I, I was the most supported man on the course that day by a mile. So it was it was great, but it was roasting hot. I lost both toenails, six hours 40. But I did manage to do the first 10K in, I think it was 54 minutes or something. Gliding along, I know. Well, just, along. Oh, just running on, just running on adrenaline by that, and then it, it slowed up a bit, and then it got a bit slower. And from about mile twelve onwards, my wife, um, she brought me a, a Burger King halfway round, which which kind of kept me going until she said, "Oh, my feet are aching," and I just kind of looked at her and going, "You what, love? My feet are killing me in these heels." Went well. That, yeah, I think there was. I could feel my feet squelching. I was walking. It was. <laughs> Uh, did, did you lose a lot of weight that day? If it's hot and you're wearing all that kit, did you, did you, are you aware how much weight you lost? No, but I, I took like all my, my, my top and my kit had like salt marks everywhere. Um, but I was well fueled, like really well fueled for that. I was, I had to go to the doctor to get basically on a nutritionist to say what to take before doing something like that. Cause it's oh, not just you, a, man. it's not just a, a running military kit it's basically your and it was hot hot day as well so mm. um it's running the boots is a different style of running all together you're kind of basically like it's a like a really quick walk but a, it's like these olympic walkers you kind of see that that's a kind yeah, of style yeah. you need to adopt for that one but um I, I probably lost about i know i lost height bizarrely enough <laughs> i did i lost about two inches in height um from compaction <laughs> that's a genuine thing did you lose length <laughs> well, that's that happens often, more often than not. To be fair, I tell you, man, Stephen, we we've played with this title about how not to run a marathon, but we're uncovering things here that this is a phenomenal this <laughs> journey, phenomenal journey and story. I must oh, go, go back. Yeah, go for it, John. I must go back as well and mention about Istanbul, the Istanbul marathon. That's something you, Stephen, have mentioned to me. That's yeah. on a bit of a wish list, isn't it? That yeah, yeah. It you was, should go and do that because it because you run between two different continents, don't you? Yeah, you start in Asia um, at the start of the bridge, and then you run straight into the European side. Um, can't remember the name of the bridge. Um, pass me, forgive me. Phosphorus, that's yeah. The, the phosphorus bridge, very. I know, that's the one. But it's funny because 
it's really difficult um, start to that marathon because you take off and then you're, you're full of the pace, but everybody's stopping to take photos because, for one, nobody, no regular Turkish, nobody's allowed to walk on the bridge normally. You're not allowed out your car or anything, so everybody's taking selfies of facing mm. Asia and facing Europe and stuff. So you're caught up at the start and there's a bit of a, I think that one, I was like 13 minutes from my first mile and when I got through all the traffic from people just stopping taking photos and waving Turkish flags around on it. So that was an interesting one. But my first time in Istanbul, you hear all these horror stories, football fans, and but it was the nicest, oh, it was absolutely lovely. It was great, a really good trip, and it was a lovely marathon as well. Really well yeah, supported. Good to see that. Oh, aye. Get back to it, man. Can of FS. So that's certainly one for, I think, uh, Young Hearts Run 3 to, to visit in the future once we... Once the travelling opens back up again, opens back up. Sorry, I digress. We were talking about oh, the no. the military kit marathon there, which is brilliant. But that just prior to the military kit marathon, you're finished and you say four forty five for Strathern. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would bite your hand off for that time for a marathon finish? I I can add ahead I'd like under five hours. Um, but I put that all down to as I say, the course management, walking the first six. If I hadn't I'm pretty convinced I wouldn't have finished it because it, the first six miles takes a heck of a lot out of you. And it, but no one, and it was very warm. Yeah, that was one of the, 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 few, the few things. I don't think there was enough water on the course based on that, but maybe you should have shoved out another couple of stops here because you're getting one 500 mil bottle every 45 minutes. And I was kind of, I was kind of gasping no, by what? the end of, I was kind of gasping by the end of it. I'm taking two or three bottles at a time, and I'm, um, a couple of passerbys gave me some water as well because it was, it was a hot day, really hot day. But I can't fault the, the what the, these guys had to do to jump through hoops to get this event on in the first place yeah. was incredible, Aye. and how safe it was, and that was great to get a proper running event back as well. And it's a, yeah. and it's a, it's a cracker. The medal's brilliant as well, lovely medal. The squirrel. Yeah, it's like ceramic, isn't it? Clay. Ah, it's made at the. Kilty Bragan camp where the race starts, there's a, a little enterprise there. Is it the Prisoners oh. of War that still make them? <laughs> I don't think it's the prison, it's a former Prisoners of War camp. Keeps them busy. So it, it, um, I think the Prisoner of War's moved out last month, so it's now like a, um, there's a lot of little businesses and social enterprises and stuff oh, okay. in, in the huts and that. So um, brilliant. Well done to the Strathairn Harriers who are responsible for staging that. It sounds like they've done a stellar job of getting it. Done. Oh, they did. The, all the volunteers were superb as well. It was a long old day for them in the heat. Um, but no, I commend every single one of them was out in that course. Uh, they did great. Brilliant. So going by your recent experiences and your experiences over the last 10 plus years, what, what lessons could you pass on a maybe some listeners who are thinking about making the leap up to marathon distance? Train. Train. <laughs> That's it. No, um, don't go for a time. I know you'll always have a kind of time in your head, but from my experience, the first one I ever did, and I was short by 39 seconds, uh, your first ever marathon, you just want to cross the line. Maybe you just want to complete it, but maybe you do have a time in your head. Forget the time. Just, Just complete it. Just complete the marathon because um, the overwhelming factor at the end should be joy for completing it, not disappointment. That I way. like that. I really like that. And I, I think, too, you've been very honest there, Sam, and thank you for that. But I think as well, you can, you'll, you would, everybody would learn so much from their first marathon when you, yeah. when you, when you reflect on it. So just go. And I think what you're saying as well about the start, people take off. I do it myself. People take off like they're going to be a, they're going to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let, let, let's be real. That's not going to happen, right? So just 
settle in and listen to the stories like so we've heard on the post the podcast before. Listen to what Sam's saying and just go and enjoy the day. Because really it should be a lap of honor if you've done the training. Yeah. And and then you can always go and do another marathon and try and get your PB later on. So well, that's it. the first one is a lot of trial and error. Don't do what I did. I'll tell, I'll tell you about the Glasgow half marathon. Um I did I, I got there dead early for some reason. I jumped on an early train. So I was standing just hanging around and I keep on getting ushered and ushered forward and forward and forward. And I'm like, I basically stopped and I was at a start line and I looked to my right and there was a couple of Kenyans. I found myself, <laughs> I found myself in the starting line for the Glasgow half marathon and my phone beeped and they're all sitting kind of just stretching and training. And I'm looking at my phone going, you're on the telly. I was like, oh God. So I remember you, you tear up, I can't remember the name of the street, is it Argyle Street? Just go straight up the hill, um, past King Tuts and all that straight up there. And I remember I looked at my watch and I did the first mile in six minutes 10 which which was a pb for a mile at the time <laughs> but i was still last by a mile i was getting overtaken left right and center but i felt i had to keep up the, keep up the pace so i was gassed after a mile and a half <laughs> and limped home at about two and a half two hours something but um aye, that's some advice don't 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 go up top with the kenyans uh, don't advise book, that is there not a book called running with the kenyans <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was my book. That was great. My experiences of the Glasgow oh, well, the Scottish Half Marathon. Oh, man. <laughs> I, was, I, I was can just see you kind of running down Silky Hill Street or whatever, full belt. And <laughs> <laughs> my St. Johnston top. And they're all in the, their wee night yellow shorts and, that, and I'm in full football kit. Absolutely ridiculous. But I've, I've, I've got the photo. I'll, I'll try and get it to you. Um, oh. photo of me. I had bright yellow shorts on a green. I'll never forget. I just I don't know how I managed to get Kim on getting ushered through at the front. Maybe I looked like an athlete then. Maybe you just looked felt. <laughs> That's what it was. Aye. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, another question that we've got for you, and I think it's this could be it. What's the funniest thing you've seen when you're out running? Maybe some folk would be there watching the start of that Glasgow half and they say, Sure, I've seen this guy. Fagging hanging his mouth in everything. I've been the funniest things I've seen actually is during the match uh, during the match during the race um, on two occasions. I remember running; it was a half marathon uh, in Ochterarda, and I was coming up the big big hill near the end. Kind of was like mile eleven up Orkell Road, and there was a woman uh, with a pushchair and a dog overtaking me, going, "Well done, son! You're doing an amazing job." And I went and I said thanks, and then I thought, "She's she taking the piss." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on and there was another one where there's one bit of advice I was always given as a runner which was I don't know how to say it, it's follow a nice bum sometimes that helps to cover a few miles so there was this I was a, a, a wee woman she had a, a baseball cap on long black ponytail coming out the back little black kind of lycra hot pants shorts on and this was in London I was maybe following her for about seven odd miles I'm thinking this is great, but I'm, I've kind of fallen in love with her now, so I'm going to have to get a wee look at her face. So I just kind of run up beside her and look back. It was a 70-year-old Chinese man. So, and I was like, but what? I just gonna, I'll, I'll just go back in again. It was all right. I didn't care by that point. It covered covered an hour or so, but yeah, that was a that was a disappointing moment. But if not funny, everybody else found it funny when I told them afterwards. But I don't know if that's going to make the edit. <laughs> or edit. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm lost. I'm... Sorry, I've put you off the put you off the pace a wee bit. Brilliant, man. But yeah, that's good. That's good advice. Follow a nice bum. It is, yes, but yeah, whatever gender. Just like John, compose himself. Sorry, John. Ah, 
I said, I'm, I've got a hot and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> right, Stephen, on you go, on you go. Well, we're we're kind of drawn towards the the latter part of the, the this entertaining interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, everyone who who tune in for serious running chat. This is what you've got given this week. Oh, well, they're 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 into the wrong podcast if it's serious. <laughs> but um, yeah, we sometimes go serious, but we touch on serious things. You do. You've got a you've got a good mix. It's been a good you, mix. Touched on some serious stuff when in the last 40 minutes or so so yeah what's the the running achievement that you're most proud of you've maybe already spoken about it but... i thought about this a couple of times um last year during lockdown um i really kind of worked on my running because there was nothing else to do and in a year where there was kind of no events couldn't go out like there was nothing else to do so I, I went out and ran and i managed to pb i think 5k 10k half marathon and then I, I basically made a route as well for a full marathon and went out and run it and that's where i got my 39 uh, three hours 49 59 sub 350 so and that's without kind of really any real races and just going out and running it by myself so i think my best ever year was with, with no organized events bizarrely enough um so i really want to kind of get back to that form and transfer it into actual races um so hopefully the tail end of this year next year will be my the biggest achievement i've got i can hit all these times in actual races and because i know i can achieve them i know i can do these things now and see when you were saying about lockdown and training what was the period of time that you you trained for that when you had your marathon date whatever day that was that you ran that what was the sort of period of time prior to that that you were building up i, I wasn't even uh, it just kind of happened by accident um i just kind of started just going out running uh, for i don't know half an hour an hour at a time and built up and like i really worked on speed quite a bit worked on speed and just did 5ks and just kind of try and build that up and get that time down and then transferred it into 10ks and but i think i started basically in march april when everything kind of went to shit basically and i went out and ran about 22 miles one day i was like uh in Alva, Tillicutri area, there's a big long flat between Bridge of Allen and Tillicutri. It's one big long flat road, which is great. It's like six miles to and from. So I started at one end, ran at the other, and then ran back and a couple of times, did it four times, and I thought 22 miles. So I was in a good position. Um, and I was feeling really fit. Uh, now, I hadn't planned to do the marathon. I was on a Sunday afternoon. I thought, you know what? I think I've got this in my legs. I've not had a beer in a few weeks. So I went out on a Sunday night. I went on to like map my run and stuff like that. So I mapped a route from my house. To basically to, to kind of incorporate the Tillicutri a bit. So I ran from Okhtadarda through Braco, uh, Dunblane, into Bridge of Allen and out to Tillicutri. But I went out the night before and laid out uh, juice and bottles of water and stuff every three miles, like hide them in bushes and stuff. Um, those pesky people in Alva, they got one nicked, I was gutted. <laughs> a, a free bottle of Lucasade from somebody there. Um, so I went out on the Monday morning, just parked my car at the Glen Eagles Hotel and put my headphones in and went for it. And then Brilliant. I got my 349, so I, I felt good. And sometimes with races, it's, you have to, that's why you have to peak and do your kind of, make sure you're, you're, you're bang on form for the marathon. But I knew with not having one, I could go out when I wanted and I felt great then. And um, yeah, I, I got the time I wanted. So that was probably my biggest achievement, I would say. I know it was a long way for a shortcut with that that answer. No, 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 that's, no, it's brilliant. That's awesome. It's brilliant. It's also good too. And another great tip in there about training and maybe when you're doing the run as well, have we touched a lot on about planking and juice? 
Uh, we've we've touched on uh, planky and stuff before, just you know, going out the night before and, and planky in as a Scottish word. We'll maybe we'll be touching on your dialect dictionary nomination later on, Sam. Indeed. But um yeah, it's when you, you stash something in a secret place that only you know where it is and that for us is planky in a water bottle or a bottle of Lucasade. No, I'd never heard this term, um, and I pulled line up on this because she said, "Why don't you plank some just in there?" And I went, "No, you mean plant? You plant some just in there?" She went, "No, no, plank with a K." And I went, "No, plant with a T." But no, no, planking. It's I'll give yeah. you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. It's a definite, definite. So and there's, yeah, definite, there's there's an art to planking as well. Obviously, if you're not wanting your stuff getting lifted by somebody until a cootie, you know what I mean? Planking a bit better. So, aye. That's good, no, and well done, phenomenal achievement to to do that. And I think to it's quite amazing what people have achieved in that year, eighteen months, when there was nothing organised. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's that self motivation. And Stephen and I have spoke to a number of folk about the innovation and the creativity of race organisers, but people like yourself mm-hmm. have been doing it individually too. I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. it's really, really good. And you've achieved your marathon PB, which is fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. And what is in store? What's the, the future looking like? I think you've got a fire in your belly. I think that's apparent. I I think off the back of the Strathairn marathon with no training and getting to the, completing that distance, with the basically from a stand and start, I would probably like to train for something maybe a bit longer with training properly. Um, I'm not sure the distance or the race. I'd like to work more hills because that's never been my bag, as you'll probably know, Stephen. Uh-huh. Um, but certainly I would like to go something a wee bit longer than than the marathon distance. I, I think it's probably, I've probably got it in my system. I could probably do it now, but you know what I'm like, I, I would get around it somehow. You could throw a hundred miler at me and I'd, I'd get there, but yep. I want to do it properly and give it the respect it needs and make sure I've, I've given it 100% knowing that I couldn't do couldn't do any better. Yeah, that sounds that there's some, there's a big day on the horizon. I think so, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, and you know that, um, well, if any of the listeners out there listening want to suggest anything to Sam that he should be doing we're talking we're talking ultra distances here aren't we yep I'm willing to travel willing to travel so if a a suggestion in 2021 the year is young the year is young (laughs) (laughs) then yeah it would be good to hear some of your suggestions for Sam's first ultra Aye, or, or we could even take it into the start of 2022 because hopefully there'll be a lot of things that are traditionally at the start of the year they will still be in the next in the next year but yeah let's let's think about it yeah Aye. I like, sell, I like that. sell us some of your ideas for sam and local pubs <laughs> yes and <laughs> for after not before yeah, Contrary after. To what you may think yeah it'll be a consummate this, professional for this, this could be this could be actually a wee journey that Young Hearts Run Free could follow, Stephen. Sorry, Jeremy, just hit the bar. What's this going? Stephen's moved from domestic football to international football, (laughs) interrupting his concentration levels. It was just, there was a good heater. Did you not see me go like that? And it was (laughs) crashed the bar. Anyway, it's 1-0 hungry. Sorry. Yeah, definitely we could follow Sam on his journey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you could chart his journey from, yeah, to, to the ultra superstardom. 
I think the marathon box is ticked, isn't it? For some. Yes. The marathon yeah. box is ticked big time. And I, I think I, I really, Stephen's told me part of Sam's story before. As I'm talking like before before we even started recording Young Hearts Run Free, way back in 2020, mm-hmm. Stephen's told me about Sam's story. And um, it was, I found it fascinating then. I found it even more fascinating this evening hearing it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, for Sam. So it's absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much for, for sharing that. And you know what? I think you're right. What you said, people could throw 100 mile at you and you would do it. Because you sound like a right stubborn bugger as well, you know. Aye, so. that, that's it. Um, I'll, I'll sign up for these challenges. I'm I'm pretty compulsive. I think it'd be the term <laughs> to use when it comes to you throw something. Do you want to do it? Yep. And then I'll then I'll think about afterwards how ridiculous the 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 thing that I've signed up for is. But I'll worry about that at the time. Brilliant. Cool. And, it's a good mindset. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and we're talking about planky and things that did turn my mind to a, a dialect dictionary nomination from you sam and we would like to offer you the some airtime on a scottish or slang word that you're used to using that you'd like to throw in our dictionary i say regional dialect there's something very regional when i was running in cyprus which i feel should be introduced to here if you're running around the inch in perth or anywhere you sometimes run people you say get a hello or anything in cyprus when you ran past anybody they would high five you and shout ole no matter who it was if you're running along, they will high five you on the way past. If it's a runner, if it's a dog walker, if you're running, they will high five you and shout Ole, which I think should be introduced to Scotland as a thing. Definitely. I'm in. I'm in. I love uh, it. Post COVID, of course. Obviously, yeah. A wee elbow bump just now. But yeah. uh, in terms of regional regional things in Cyprus, that, that was the thing. And if it was a busy promenade? Oh, you would you'd double hand it like you're kind of walking <laughs> the ring like a boxer, isn't it? Or like a wrestler. Just start high five and everybody walking down. That's right. But I John, think it's a nice touch and it does give you a bit of motivation. John, that's happening on the North Inch tomorrow. <laughs> give it a go and report back to us. Ole! Again, this could have been a lot of drunk people walking home from Ayanapa bluttered. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> could, have been, could have been that. It's a nice custom. It's a nice it's a nice custom. It's a nice welcoming thing to high five somebody. I'm sure there's actually a wee ad there. Other Drinks are available. I think it's a cider company are doing the high five advert just now, aren't they? Have you seen that one? No. Ah, have a look at your. Maybe you didn't watch the adverts, but there's a, a cider company doing the high five was invented in 19 whatever, and it's all high fives, and it ends up with them all drinking bottles of cider. Looks great. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Is that anyway. Stalling for Sam's dialect dictionary. Oh, oh no. It's a, patched. We'll go patched. Has oh, that been? Has that came up yet? No. We haven't, you know. No. And I said patch the other day, and my wife went, What are you talking about? So let's go, Sam. Patched yeah. is the new bumped or ignored. So basically, if you're on, if you've sent somebody a message and they've not replied, you have been patched. Right. That okay. is basically the, the meaning behind that one. The only, cool. reason I, the only reason I say that is because I'm expect my, my mate asked me to go to the pub and I've not replied. And that's what the first thing I thought of was. You've patched them. I patched them, I. It's basically <laughs> like. If, if you're on a dating website, it's called Ghosted, but in regular day-to-day social, uh, in, uh, like WhatsApp and that, it's called Patched, being patched. Ghosted is when you're on a social, uh, on a dating website. I've heard, I've heard, Lynn, my wife, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> on, on my podcast, John, um, Stephen called my wife a fat Louise Redknapp. <laughs> She's not forgotten that one in a hurry. <laughs> uh, 
He said I look like a fat Jamie Redknapp, so she must be a fat Louise Redknapp. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's an assumption rather than something that I, I verbally said. That, that, I was complimenting you at the time on your, your Jamie Redknapp-ish looks. Uh, we're, t- we're talking about backhanded compliments at the time, I think. Okay. Where somebody right. called me a somebody called me a fat. Uh, you look like a fat Jimmy Redknapp. I'm like, well, you kind of take that. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apologies, Lynn. Uh, that's why. Oh, brilliant, Stephen. Your message. Your apology. You'll be getting patched, mate. I was going to say, is that how she's been patching me at the school? Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh no. No, see, she's been purple. She's been like <gasps> holding her breath to try and. Oh, God. Like, don't dig any of your holes, man. Don't dig really any of your holes. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, but uh, but that is the word I am going for. We're going okay. for patched. Yeah, I like patched. Cool. I think it's in, Stephen. Yeah, and you're not patching anybody when you're running past them around the North End, are you? Certainly yeah. not. Not anymore. High fives for all when when safe to do so. High fives and all these. Okay. Is there anything else that we've not touched on that we asked on our questions? If you've you've got any gem material that you haven't mentioned, Sam? I think my my. My, my Asian pension story was was my my, my Rolls Royce material there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've actually look. I, I was prepared, but anyway, I wrote I wrote down notes. Look. Sure you did. I know. Instead of going for a run. <laughs> Any excuse. All <laughs> sitting right notes. Um, <laughs> I can't see that. Can't. See. A lot of the stuff I've just kind of had to veto myself. <laughs> if I have to veto it, then you know it's, it's unbroadcastable <laughs> on many a platform. Yeah, yeah. Your thresholds are quite high. Um, yeah, it, it it turns out that's the case. I'm really sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry. I won't be. I won't. I won't be. I won't come back on. I promise. <laughs> no, we'll just um, we'll just sum up and and finish up. I think, John. <laughs> I think so. so. you know what? I think it would be really good if people would. How how will they suggest an ultra for Sam Stephen? Just on social media. Yeah, we're going to ask the question on our Twitter feed and on our Instagram feed on. Um, the weekend or yeah. on Friday and so yeah just suggest an ultra for Sam sell it to him yeah and although this has been a laugh definitely I've had the right chuckle through this episode. I've really really enjoyed it but Sam's serious suggest an ultra yep. and you've got a you've got to justify why you're suggesting that ultra as well um, and Sam will take them all into consideration and We'll get him back on once he's decided and uh, committed to do that ultra marathon. So, I will. I will commit right now to one of the suggestions. I will commit now and do one of them, whatever the suggestion is. Special for the entry is free. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I need more. Than, I need more than three weeks. I need more than three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call it two months. Yeah. So get your thinking hats on, people. Give us a give us a shout out for Sam. Yeah. Um, and set him a challenge. So yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Sam. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. You've been no, awesome. It's, it's, it has been about running round in a kind of roundabout way, but uh, no, it's been a been a great laugh. Really appreciate it, guys. It's definitely been about running, and it's the the fun times that we enjoy so much. So yeah, thank you very much. I've learned some stuff that I didn't know, Sam. So there you go. Seventy year old men can still have salon quality hair. <laughs> so you've learned. <laughs> and with that, take care, Sam. Cheers, Thank man. you very much. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sam. Catch you later, man. Catch you later, man.